0: Talking about um, Paul going to the leaders and uh, he asked for permission and asking for letters so he could get on the road to Damascus. Damascus. I was thinking at that time, you know, probably the people in New South Wales with all their lockdowns and um, mask wearing, they'd like to get that sort of question too. Can we be on the road to Damascus? <laughs> <laughs> a, a real dad joke, isn't it? Yes. Okay, so, something a bit more serious. I'm glad you got it, Alison, because until you laughed, no one really chuckled. Radio, Yes, that, yeah. It's a sick dad joke, I get that. It was actually off of Facebook. Okay, so, we're going to do something a little bit more sensible, a little bit more serious but i want to do something unusual it's going to be a two-part illustration the first off when i get you to do it now you will think what on earth why are you getting to us to do this but just i want you just a two second thing if you have been trained in music so you as in proper training you've been taught how to use an instrument and so you've been playing and being involved with music for Two or more years could you stand up, please sorry no that so and Hayden's appropriately standing up he fits so look around who has who is an experienced musician okay now you can sit down now for me, I actually did learn the piano one time, but you know what I only did it for about six months and I have absolutely no clue about it or appreciation for it really at this present time. It's one of those encouragements that you get from your parents sometime in life. But anyway, we'll come back to this and as an illustration later on. So we're going to continue today um, with 1 Timothy. And as a bit of a recap, I'd like to read to you the first two verses that Mike focused on last week. So, Timothy. So if you have, the verses are going to be up here, but I encourage you to open up your own scripture and have more more of a personal contact with God and his word. So, 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, according to the commandment of God, our Saviour, and of Christ Jesus, who is our hope. To Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Last week, Mike spoke on these two verses and gave a bit of a background about what, was, what it was like back there. Who was Paul and who was Timothy? But before I go any further, how about I pray? Heavenly Father, as we've just read in that first verse, Lord, you called Paul, it wasn't of his own volition. It wasn't of his own desire. He had a different um, pursuit that he was after, Lord. But yet, Lord, you intervened in his life. Lord, just like you are the one who calls, Lord, we need to yeah continually cry out and rely on you, Lord. We, we need to cry out to you continually for wisdom and for guidance. So, Lord, I ask that you will help me now as I go through your word, As I repeat it, as I give explanation where necessary, Lord, just help me, as Jethro said, to speak clearly for you, to represent you well. Lord, help each of our minds to be at the spot where they need to be um, so that we learn, so that we hear you and see you enlightening us as we read your words, as we consider them in our mind and in our heart. So Lord, please just guide us now. Help us to appreciate you more and to glorify you more. Amen. So last week we were reminded of God's intervention in Paul's life. We were reminded that Paul was called by God, called by God to the office and the task of apostleship on the road to Damascus. He was a passionate man, a vigilant man, and God took though took Paul and reshaped his character and made it one that honored him. So Paul become more and more of a man who honoured God through his passion and vigilant vigilance for God and for the work of God. Just like the other disciples, he wasn't he didn't set out to be be an apostle, but he was personally called by Christ. He was a witness to the resurrected Christ. We saw that. We also, um, Mike also read verses of how. He was, um, had the testimony of the hand of God working through him in the miracles that were performed through Paul. That it wasn't Paul doing the miracles, but it was God. These three things often are used as the markers of those who are called to apostleship as foundational men of the church, foundational servants. But we need to remember that it was God who called him. It was the will and purpose of God, not not Paul. Paul didn't say, oh, I'm going to be an apostle. I'll put my hand up for that. If we remember back to just last week, he was wanting letters to have authority to go and work against God, work against his church. But this is similar to, to all through God's history when it is God who always calls people and equips them and resources them for his work just like you and I we are also called as believers we are called to, with, and equipped gifted according to the will and purpose of God but yet we are not apostles like Paul and like the other eleven why? Because we need it to be according to the wisdom and understanding that only a holy and righteous and all-knowing God can do. We're reminded through these verses that it reinforces to our understanding the ways of God. These two verses, they reinforce to us the sovereignty of God. They reinforce to us the nature of God. They reinforce the heart of God. Often we can just read verses like these and think they're just an introduction, not much in it. But yet, when they are a part of Scripture, not just two solitary verses, when we recognise, when we approach them for who God is, as Mike illustrated last week, they become alive, they become reinforcing, they become great information, great understanding, illuminating to us. So as I was going through and over the last few months in preparing... To go through first Timothy a verse stood out to me it's this verse that's on the screen and it says now to the king eternal immortal invisible the only God be honor and glory for ever and ever amen in the church at Ephesus where Timothy was there was a lot of things going on and some of it we're going to look at today in the next few verses but the main focus needed to be that it was all about God that it's to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honour and glory forever and ever. Or in, or in my words, if I was to paraphrase it, stay focused on and true to God and his word. Stay true to God, stay true and focused to him. As we read through these, we need to remember also that these are the words of God. Often when someone's speaking, not as to say it wrongly, but can be mistaken, we might say these words are Paul or Paul wrote here. But these are actually God's words. Paul didn't write them and then God said, Yeah, mate, bonzer, that, that'll do. No, it was God. These are God's words. And so therefore, as we approach, as we read, as we consider, as we go through them over the next several weeks, and continuing in life, can I remind you that we need to remember that these are God's words so that as we look, approach them, we approach them that God has spoken, that God has written these for us, for all of humanity. And that's a privilege, but it's also the window through, window through how we view them and how we understand them. Now, it's believed that this was written around about 60 to 65 AD, and then... About two to four years before this, Paul had also written another, written a letter to this church at Ephesus. He'd, before that, he'd been to the church at Ephesus. And he'd been there for a couple of years talking with them, teaching them. And now Timothy was there, speaking there, to come back to the same things. There was a repetitive uh, faults coming up, errors coming up in the church. And we'll see it in a little bit. But let's get going let's read some verses. Let's read the scripture. So I'm going to read through from verses 3 through to 11. Now these won't be up on the these are some of the ones that won't be up on the screen. I actually want you to look through and follow through with your Bible. And then as we go through and break it down, each verse or couple of verses will be up there. Yes. Uh New American I'm using Derek. So 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 3 through to 11. So this is yep, the word of God. As I urged you upon my departure for Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines, nor to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies which give rise to mere speculation rather than the furthering of the administration of God which is by faith. But the purpose of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. For some men, straying from these things, have turned aside through fruitless discussions, wanting to be teachers of the law, even though they do not understand either what they are saying, sorry, eat the even though they do not understand either what they are saying or the matters about which they are making confident assertions. But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, realising the fact that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy, the profane, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers, and immoral men and homosexuals and kidnappers and liars and perjurers and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God with which I have been entrusted. So let's go back to verse verses 3 and 4. Verses 3 and 4. As I urge you upon my departure for Macedonia... Remain at Ephesus so that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines, nor to pay attention to myths and to endless genealogies which give rise to mere speculation rather than the furthering of the administration of God, which is by faith. So, Paul had earlier been to Ephesus. He'd been there for a a year or two. Then he'd sent the, the letter, which we call Ephesians, to the church at Ephesus. And this was all done according to the will and the wisdom and the words of God. As Mike pointed out last week, we gained some context about what a bit and a bit more information about what was happening through Acts 18 to, to 20. And we also see the confirmation there in those chapters in Acts that Paul is confirmed. As an Apostle and in Acts 19 for example we see the miracles that had happened that happened regularly as a part of the ministry that God had for Paul we find that also with that there were imitators those trying to pretend to be of God or have his power yet in amongst all the turmoil the good and the bad that was happening there were many that were still saved there was a great testimony of God there. There was passionate opposition also. But yet God was faithful and provided the mentors that they needed. The Ephesus church had received sound foundational teaching from God through Paul, both in person and in a letter. But yet, as we just read, there's a bit of rubbish going on in their church. There was myths There was false teaching. They were carrying on about genealogies. So what Paul urged Timothy to do through the the direction of God is the same as what you'll find back in Ephesians 5. Back in Ephesians 5, you'll find the similar things that Paul was writing to them, that they had the same problems, the same things that kept coming up. They Kept on getting sidetracked. There was a there were heresy, strange doctrines, myths, distractions. They were all distractions from the Word of God. It's the next, and go on to the next one. Thanks. So when it talks about myths, what is it about? It's just about fables, old wives' tales. I don't mean that as a sexist term, but just as a generic term. They were falsehoods, full of falsehoods, what they were carrying on about, and the endless genealogies. That was something that was commonly happening in those times. It denotes the busying of oneself with, tra- with oh, the, busying oneself with traditions of past based on mere speculation and the slightest little hint of historical story. And there, but it was to no end there was no great information in it there's no great benefit in it and what was happening was that they're getting diverted from God they're getting turned away by their own choice their own misguidedness now before I gave you, got some of you to stand up and those who are more talented in music more more gifted and have had put in the hard yards imagine if someone like me got who doesn't really have a clue and is sort of way over here when it comes to musical understanding and appreciation, was to come up and start to say things to, to Mike or to Hayden or whoever is gifted. I would be like these other people. I've diverted, I've strayed, I've gone away. I, I might have learnt sort of this much music before, but I don't really have a clue, do I? But yet, all of a sudden, I think, "Ha, Alison, why'd you choose that song? Mike, why'd you play it in that key?" When in reality, I wouldn't have a clue. Really, a lot of it's just preference. I'm being diverted by these. What they would consider, these are strange. They're different. Those thoughts. But this is the same as what was going on here. So, truth. Truth was missing here, wasn't it? What is truth? This is a question that the church at Ephesus needed to ask, wasn't it? They needed to ask, how do I recognise the source of truth for faith and life? Because they were lacking wisdom. They were lacking the truth of God, some of them in that church. God's truth is always narrow. Truth is... By itself excludes everything else. Truth is not a matter of subjective opinion. These days, often you'll find, whether it be through social media or um, even politicians, whoever, a lot of it's common even in conversation where people think that opinion is truth. Opinion is opinion, it's not truth. And this is a bit of the problem that was happening there in the Ephesus church. But God here had directed through Paul to get Timothy there to once again deal with the same problem that was repeatedly coming up, that they were getting sidetracked with these things such as just pure myths and also thinking that genealogy would be it and that from these weird and things that were, God says here are strange, they were teaching falsities, they were teaching strange doctrine. And it was they're being led astray and leading each other astray. So what is truth? Truth is not an opinion, is it? Truth, it's not an, there's no option in it. I can do A, B or C. It's not multiple choice. When it comes to spiritual matters particularly and the conduct in your life, God is the only source for truth. And the Ephesus church, many of them there, started to struggle with this. So how do we recognise truth, the source of truth, for faith and life? When even today, there are many preachers, there are many sermons, there are many books out there that tell some, so many different ways. It's not a new thing just today, is it? It's continued on for all through humanity that people have tried to go their own way away from God. I'll give you an example, Adam and Eve. Another example, Cain. He tried to do a different sacrifice to God. Abraham didn't fully trust God. He thought that he could lie about his wife. It didn't go well. The children of Israel, multiple times, when they thought that they, no, God's got it wrong, we won't trust Caleb, his testimony, we can't trust God to go into the promised land now. And they tried to go, step aside, and go along with their own thinking instead of relying on God. In Titus chapter 1 and verse 10 it says, For there are many rebellious men, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, who must be silenced because they are upsetting the whole families, teaching things that should not be taught for the sake of sordid gain. Their purpose in what they do is not from God. And just like this example here, in Titus, where it's mentioned again, their purpose, their desire in doing it was not from God. It was not of God. False messages are just that. False messages are not just a thing from the New Testament, they're not just a thing from biblical times. There are always deceivers. God never accepts these falsities these strange doctrines though does he as we continue on and if you were to continue on into 2nd Timothy you'd also see there again that God um, works through with this but I want to read what God's view is in how we talk how we act how we carry out because as mentioned and as you know we've all been equipped gifted just like these believers in Ephesus had so, how does God, what was God expecting of them? What was He thinking that they how they should be going about His work? When well, in First Peter chapter four, verses ten and eleven, it says, "As each of you, sorry, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterance of God. Whoever serves is is to do so." As one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that it will all, so sorry, so that in all things God may be glorified, through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory, the dominion, forever and ever. Amen. As we read just there in Titus chapter one, and that, as will God bring back to your remembrance, often as you read through the New Testament. You see, the people who were preaching, teaching or speaking, trying to be influential with a false teaching of strange doctrine, they had an ulterior motive, whether it was pride, whether they could make some money out of it or something like this. But as that first verse in um, uh, verse 17 said, our focus is to be with God. And here it is again in this First Peter chapter 4. It says, so that... In all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The Ephesus church needed to be reminded of this. They needed to go back to this fact. They'd been taught it and told it several times. And as we go on into verse 4, towards the end of verse 4, there's a comment here and it says, Rather... Rather than furthering the administration of God, which is by faith. God says the same thing here. They'd lost track. They'd strayed. What they were doing in and of themselves, getting caught up in these myths, these strange doctrines, it wasn't honouring God because it was not from God. When something is from ourselves or another person, it cannot honour God. It doesn't. And this is what was happening here is interesting as you go on to verse 5 here it says but the goal of our instruction or the purpose of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith so this is a testimony of someone regarding if you're serving you're speaking you're preaching wherever you are that you will be doing it out of love the purpose of it is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere faith. This is our foundational, our basic foundational motive in what we do. We do it out of a love for people. Now doing this out of a love is not a strange thing. Before I mentioned Ephesians and how God had Paul write that letter to this Ephesus church, one of the things there in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse. 1 and 2 it says therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma all through the epistles you'll see again and again as was exemplified by Christ in the gospels that's out of a motive of love Love for God and love for those who we want to see grow in Christ. But yet, that wasn't happening with the believers at Ephesus. There were a number of them who were leading the church or wanting to lead the church astray. They were doing it out of a wrong motive. They they weren't led of God, so therefore they weren't speaking the words of God for God. Consider verse 6 as we move on. It says... For months, for some men straying from these things, so it's what we just read in verse 5 for some men straying from these things have turned aside to fruitless discussion. For some men turning aside from these things, sorry, have turned aside to fruitless discussion. It's fruitless when it's not from God. They're being fruitless, even though they thought that they were doing something, what their heart was wanting to passionately follow. Wanting to be teachers of the law even though they do not understand either what they are saying or the matters about which they make confident assertions. So not only were they getting distracted but then they wanting to teach it, they were wanting to. So that it's not that God was calling them but they were wanting to of their own thinking or out of their own self they were wanting to get up to say to do or to share to be persuasive with these strange doctrines with these things that weren't of God because they had turned away from God they turned aside God says and it was fruitless discussion what they were carrying on about was fruitless it was actually ignorant fruitle- fruitless ignorant and fruitless because it was not from God they had strayed from the heart and words of God. Operating apart from God is always fruitless, isn't it? We can struggle, we can try, but if it's not of God, it is always fruitless. But yet, as we keep running back to God, as we keep running back to his word, we understand that God does give us understanding as we are faithful to him, as we open up his word, as we pursue him. First 1 Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12 it says and this bit of an understanding here now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God so that we may know the things freely given to us by God which things we also speak, not in the the words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, and that's the Holy Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with the spiritual words. But, the na- but a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them, because he is, they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritually appraised, sorry, he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself appraises no one we can understand we are led by God in us God the Holy Spirit in us it's he who gives us understanding it's he who guides us but the church at Ephesus the believers there some of them had stepped aside they didn't want to they stopped listening they pursued things that were fruitless that were countless that had no benefit to them It is only God who could give understanding. It's not old wives' tales. It's not a little bit of a hint from some historical incident or genealogy. It is only God who gives understanding. So, as we finish up, I want to just want to read a couple of things to you now, uh, and we'll get back to more of it next week as we continue on. But in verse. Seven, it says, wanting to be teachers of the law, even though they do not understand either what they are saying or the matters about which they make assertions, confident assertions. They're confident in themselves. They're confident in themselves. They they were wanting to be. They were wanting. But yet they were not God-led. They were speaking things that they didn't understand, that they didn't know about. They were also acting confident, but their confidence was not in Christ. As in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4, 5, and 6, it says "But our confidence is in Christ. It's a great one to remember. The first thing you need to know is 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 4, 5, and 6. Just a learning principle there. It's a great passage there that there's always Christ that we're confident in, not ourselves. So when we are led by, by God, both our words and our deeds are in harmony with God because He's God and He's God's word that we are to speak, that we are to live. And as we read in um, 1 Peter chapter 4 at the end there, so we are gifted, we are qu- equipped. As said there at the end, so that in all things God may be glorified through Christ Jesus, to whom belongs the glory and dominion for ever and ever. Amen. And as we read at the start from chapter 1, verse 17, now to the King immortal, invisible, the only God, be honour and glory for ever and ever. Our motive can't be for any other reason if we are to honour God. Here's a great example of in this book of Timothy here, and also if you read Ephesians, the same thing, the same account is given how they'd strayed and thinking that they could do better pursuing something to the side, turn aside and pursue something else that was not of God, that was not from God, and that they would come to a better spiritual understanding, that they would get some greater physical gain out of it. But we need to stay focused on and true to God. And his work and his word. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for who you are. Lord, I thank you that you give us the privilege of being yours and the great privilege of being your servants. Lord, I thank you that, yeah, even though we are not perfect, we can stutter and stammer and struggle at times to say or do the right thing, you know, what may be perceived as a the perfect way, but yet, Lord, I thank you that you take us and use us for who we are. Lord, I thank you that you are sovereign, that you work all things according to your will and for your glory. So, Lord, help us to learn. Help us to hear you in our lives, Lord, and not to turn aside to pursue things that we don't need to pursue, things that are going to distract our heart, our mind, our thinking, the time that we have, Lord, and take us from serving you. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the grace and mercy that you show us because we all mess up at times, Lord. And I thank you that you forgive us. I thank you that we can come back in repentance and ask for forgiveness and you continue to be graceful to us. And I thank you for that. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that you want to be our God. Amen.